0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed, informative episode of A&B Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I'm Bill. And let's get right into it. I Bill, feel like what,
1: you're full of shit. Why? <laughs> I feel like that was a lie.
0: What's, what, we always give action-packed, informative, fantastic news. It sounds like
1: news. this episode's gonna be short.
0: Why do you assume that, Bill? Because of your intro. My in- <laughs> What's wrong with my intro? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my intro's fantastic, it right? Is. Right. You know what? Put put it in a. It, reach out to us on Twitter if our if our intro needs work, or if you think that this is going to be a very short episode. We'll find out. Because Billy thinks so.
1: No, not really. Anyway, we have uh, today in sports history on September sixth, which is a Wednesday. We're a little late than normal due to some traveling via AJ. That's me. He Happy to, birthday, Britt. There you go. Um, so we're going to start off with night. Or sorry, eighteen eighty-three, the Chicago White Stockings. Beat the Detroit Wolverines twenty six to six at Lake Fork Park, Lakefront Park, in Chicago, and smashed the MLB record for eighteen runs in the seventh inning. Jesus! In nineteen twenty, we're gonna go to Jack Dempsey knocks out Billy Misk in uh, round three for the heavyweight boxing title. Of the first radio broadcast of a prize fight. So that is pretty cool. Hmm. And we are going to end this off with some tennis because you know I love talking about tennis and today in sports history. Love it. But we have the U.S. Men's Tennis Open. In 1920, the U.S. National Championships. Men's Tennis. Forest Hills from New York. Bill Tieden wins first of six straight U.S. singles titles and beats Bill Johnson six one one six seven five five seven one 1-6, 7-5, 5-7, and 6-3. So way to go, Bill Tieden. All right, that is our time in sports history, and on to the news. Going around some stuff that's been happening over this week, and uh, first I'm going to focus on our lovely Philadelphia Union. Philadelphia Union, the last that we talked to them, lost, unfortunately, to Miami in the, uh, what's it called, in the League's Cup. However... They did win for third place in the League's Cup against Monterey, okay. 3-0. Did not know that. Very good. We at least nice. got the bronze. I'll well take done. that. I'll take
0: that. Thank you, Gabe, for letting us know yeah. what each one means. Like yeah, Leagues no, Cup I, I
1: agree. Thank you very much. Um, beyond that, they went on um, a 2-1 to streak, I guess. I don't know. They won one, lost one, 1-1 one against uh, Red Bull at the end. 4-1, uh, to one, and then they have a bye week, it looks like, and they will not be playing until the 16th against Cincinnati.
0: Fun fact, apparently if you beat uh, New York Red Bull 4-1, to one, you actually go down yeah, in Yeah,
1: that's what I was bringing up I- next. They went from third to fourth. The current points that they have right now are 46th. Orlando City has 47 and is now ranked three. Columbus is right behind at ranked fifth at 45 points. Now, the big thing is new England and Orlando city are both at 47. So they have a chance to push for second. The, uh, the problem though, and this actually may be worth something. Mm-hmm. They are playing Cincinnati on the 16th, which is the number one of the Eastern conference. Huh. So that may actually make some headway. If Philadelphia can pull it out and take the win, hopefully they can win three, one, four, one, seven, one. Um, that would be the dream. That would be nice, but I'll be tough, but it's possible. Uh, moving on from that, I'm actually going to bring in some horse racing because I actually forgot about this. Um, this is an event coming up on the 23rd. I'll get more detail into it later. Oh, it parks. Exactly. I've actually been here before with one of our other friends. The Pennsylvania Derby. Your other friend was me. Mikey. And me. You went? We Yeah, I had the hat. Oh yeah, you did win. Okay, so I went with AJ. I'm sorry, I forgot.
0: I'm pretty sure that was where you won your horse
1: racing bet. No, that wasn't the Pennsylvania Derby. Those that, that was not packed enough for the. Pennsylvania.
0: Oh yeah, no, yeah, it was just. That you was and another I day. That
1: one. Um, but well, we did go. We did go. The Pennsylvania Derby is on September 23rd at Parks Casino. That races will probably start around 12 o'clock, one o'clock, as is tradition. They usually have some a um, little events going on. They have a whole blown park. They have an outdoor bar. They have grills that you could do and picnic. We should do the picnic part. Actually, I think that will be a good idea. Uh, yeah, I think that's what, yeah. They had, they had
0: like, smokers and stuff. Yeah, they it, had so. the
1: grills that you can bra- uh, use and everything. Yeah. So I think that would be a good idea. You could bet on the horses and go for it. Otherwise, the only other one that's big that's coming up is for the Triple Crown. Um, I wasn't aware of this. Um, it's the Icarus Stakes in Churchill Downs. Churchill Downs is up in New York somewhere. Icarus. Hey um, at least I think it's in New York. Um, and that's one of the big ones. For, nope, I'm sorry, Louisville, Kentucky. I'm wrong churchville downs is i think uh where all the crazy races happen anyway so this one is going to be big for the icarus stakes so i will keep an eye on that for next week on the 16th i will probably have some bets ready to go at that point beyond that we are going to get into formula one real quick just recapping the italian grand prix max verstappen he won I don't know what <laughs> Who you. would have e- thought? I don't know what you expect from me at this point. Who would have thought? Anyway, Sergio Perez in two, so a Red Bull one two. Carlos Sainz in uh, P three, so he got took the bronze with his teammate Charles Leclerc coming in fourth and George Russell coming in fifth. So real quick, I just want to bring this up. I looked up the uh, driver standings for this year. Max has no doubt have taken the constructors, um, or sorry, drivers championship. Um, for, for himself. He has a current total of 364 points. There's no way in hell anyone can catch up to him unless they, I think maybe Sergio wins it straight out, but yeah. that's his teammate, and Red Bull has no way in hell doing that. Nope. What I also forgot to mention, and this is big. This is world record big, though. Max Verstappen is on a 10-win streak in Formula 1. Ten Holy races in a row, shit. and that is a world record at this time. We'll see how many he can get more and more and keep that streak oh, so going. so he
0: beat the world record? Yeah. He He's now ten it. is now it, yeah. That's crazy. So
1: now he has ten straight wins in a row in Formula One, which normally would be damn near impossible, but, you know, that happened with him, so good for him. So here's the big thing, though. You have, in second, third, and fourth, second, you have Sergio Perez, third, you have Fernando Alonso, and fourth, you have Lewis Hamilton. Um, it's really going to be a battle for second and third. Second can uh, skate away if Sergio keeps the one-twos up and keeps Fernando ahead, uh, behind him at all times. Sergio has 219 points. Fernando has 170 points. Lewis Hamilton has 164. So that battle for third is even tighter than it is for the battle for second. So that's the big thing, though, because if uh, Fernando Alonso can get up and take second, it gives a chance for Aston Martin to have a better season next year with the larger money because of the constructors championship. I also want to say that when it co- or drivers when it comes to the constructor series alone, Aston Martin is ranked fourth. So the constructor series is the r- the team itself. Yeah. Merce- or Red Bull has already taken that. They have five hundred and eighty three points. Yeah, they're crushing. N- it. They win. Mercedes is close with two seventy three. Ferrari's at two twenty eight. Aston Martin's at two hundred and seventeen. I want to make this clear. Fernando Alonso currently has 170 points. His teammate Lance Stroll has 47. Huh. Fernando Alonso is quite literally carrying Aston Martin on his back. Pretty, seems like it. It no, he is. Lance Stroll unfortunately is dog water. Trash. He's ranked nine. I never liked him anyway. He but that's okay. Trash He does. Um, so my recommendation, if it does happen for whatever reason, if Sergio Perez does have to leave Red Bull, and I'm not saying this as a speculation or rumor or anything. This is just my thought. Have Aston Martin kick out his own son to go take Sergio Perez, and holy crap, you may have one of the most powerful dynamic duos beyond him and Verstappen. Nepotism at that that stage of um, richness? Yeah. Well, have you seen the... uh... I think it's Somali or... The track race thing that happened. Yeah, where they had her, his daughter. Yeah. They yeah. had the daughter come in for the race and completely got her ass whooped. Well, that's what I mean is that, like, nepotism. If, when you're that level of rich, yeah. does, nepotism She doesn't... got fired, though. Huh? That lady got fired. That made, let the daughter run. Oh, well, yeah, yeah she got fired, but she'll he'll do know. it again. They will do it again. Um, just to finish up with Formula One, we have another long time until the next one. So we got a week off again. Uh, that will be the Singapore Grand Prix. This is all going to be in, back in Europe for now. It's going to be in, uh, i Asia more, but Sunday, September 17th at 8 in the morning. So I will get back to that as of next weekend. Uh, lastly, on my to-do list of things to talk about, we have last week's UFC Fight Night in France, uh, Cyril Ghosn versus Sergey Spivak. This was on sat- Saturday, September 2nd at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Gotta love those early fight cards, though. They really do make my day. Yeah, especially EU grandfather. I fucking love it. I'm already <laughs> bitching about the next week's card that's at 10 a.m. or this weekend's card at 10 a.m. Yeah, I don't or 10 a.m. 10 p.m. I don't yeah, even know I, if I'm gonna be able to watch it anyway. Why? We have a party. Fuck, that's right. But I'm probably gonna. I'll talk about it later. That's not. <laughs> anyway, France did what France always does. They actually make these cards fantastic. Um, tons of finishes again. In the front end, Paris, they were in pretty all out. Mostly in the um, main event, main card. I'm only going to focus on there just because nothing—I don't know any of the uh, prelims. Usually they just get, the you know, your regional fighters bring them up, have their moment, and, you know, they go crazy. But I will say this again. France, your fans are fantastic. They sing anthems while the fighters are going. There is just camaraderie in the crowd. It is better than any other group of fans that I've seen when it comes to sportsmanship and, like, just overall fan favorites. Like, they're just kind. Like, not hmm. kind, but they cheer. They root for your person from beginning to end. I'd say France? I'm not kidding. France's crowd is fucking bananas. Huh. That's interesting. Um, and it's not, like, insulting, though. It's patriotism. That's the thing. They're singing like the anthem songs, whatever. But you know, they, it comes from the heart. Whereas, like the UK, it's insults to somebody else. Whereas it's the uh, United States, we just yell "fuck you" all the time. Go birds, or go birds, or the Eagles chant, or the Flyers chant, or "fuck you, ref," or "fuck you, you suck ref," or you know, "kiss my ass, ref." You know, it's a lot. It's a lot, over it's over a lot of ref Anyway, here. just to run through these real quick, uh, Morgan Cher- uh, Cherie. Congratulations for performance on a night. You got a knockout in the first round at 3 minutes and 51 seconds. It was a very nice knockout against Milano Zucchini, or as we were calling him when we were watching, Zucchini. <laughs> um, so, yeah, good for him. You got an extra 50K. This second fight, this featherweight bout, William Gull, Gomez versus Giannis Gamori was very controversial because in the third round at 2 minutes and 20 seconds, William Gomez throws a low body kick and it looks like it hits Giannis in the nuts. But it, it was a little bit high, but it was still undeterminable, and the ref called the fight because Giannis looked like he was in pain and could not continue. Really? And he got up afterwards like, what the hell happened? <laughs> so, shit happened. It is what it is. Um, and we move on from there. To the light heavyweight division, we got Vulcan Ozomir, who I did not know was still going at it, versus Bogdan Goskov, who is unranked. Vulcan is still ranked number ninth in the light heavyweight division, and in the first round, reminded everyone who the fuck he is, beat the shit out of Bogan, and then submitted his ass, which is very rare for this case, because he normally doesn't submit. Usually, he's a distance fighter. It goes pretty well. Okay. Lastly, or nope, two more, three more, sorry. The fight in the night that we had, and this is the one I wanted to bring up, a lightweight fight, Benoit Saint-Denis versus Thiago Moses. This was a fantastic fight from both of them. They went... At each other. It was a war, but you could tell as the fight was going on, Benoit was winning. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, I'm going with it. And absolutely beat the shit out of him for two rounds. And then in the second round, at four minutes and 44 seconds, I think it's Benoit. Yep. Whatever. Knocked him out. Now, I want this guy is currently on a four fight win streak, a maybe five fight win streak. I'm going to double check now. I know who I want him to fight next. One, two, three. Is he? Uh, no, for <laughs> four-fight win streak. He is currently on a four-fight win streak. I want him to fight Patty the Batty. They're both unranked fighters. They both. Patty needs a pickup fight after his controversial win against Ryan Gordon. And if he wins that, that will work out. But I actually think that will be a very tough fight for Patty just because this guy will knock him out if Patty keeps his jaw up. If he's learned to keep his head down, he has a better chance. Moving on to the women's flyweight division. Manon Foryot versus Rose Namanunas. Um, yeah, this was Rose's uh, debut in the flyweight division, and it didn't go well. Um, broke her finger, got her Ooh. ass handed to her, didn't really do what we wanted her to do, and she lost. Um, Manon is probably going to be facing up for whoever loses the next flyweight t- uh, title bout. We'll go into her next. So we'll see where that goes. Where does that leave Rose? Who the hell knows? I still need to see more action from Rose, and I don't know. It's sad. Lastly, the main event, performance of the night, goes to Cyril Gon, and of course he did. It was basically like fair fight, having a kid go into a cage with a polar bear. Uh, yeah, polar bear, because they're the most violent bear that there is. Um, what happened was Sergey's th- game plan was basically to try to take him down. He tried it once, it didn't work, he got tagged up, and then from there on out, he looked terrified. He didn't look at him during the face-off, he didn't look at him at any other point, he just looked nervous the entire fight, and got his ass handed to him for two rounds, and at two rounds, uh, or the second round, at three minutes and 44 seconds, that was the end of Sergey. Cyril Gom one again, keeps his rank up in the top three. I don't know if they're going to keep him there. Um, I think he's still number one in the heavyweight division, but that's bound to change with Sergey Palvovich, who is somebody different, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, we're going to move on to next week's card, which is UFC 293, which is this weekend, Saturday, September 9th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is at the Kudo, or I think it's the Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney Olympic Park, Australia, or or the Kudos Bank uh, Arena at Sydney Olympic Park, Australia. I'll find out on Saturday if I'm right. Only reason why, they have a place called Circle Key, and it's spelled Q-U-A-Y, and that's the only reason why I said Kudos Bank, just because. Anyway, um, just a note, a majority of their fighters are from Australia. You will see a ton from Australia and New Zealand going at each other, And just going at it, you have some great names on the prelims, early prelims. I unfortunately don't know everybody, so I'm just going to keep moving on Um, right into the early prelims. First and foremost, you got Jamie Malarkey, who is coming off a uh, loss, versus John uh, MacDessie. They'll both be fighting each other in the lightweight division. I'm going to put it on Jamie, I think, last fight. Not that it was a fluke. I think he didn't underestimate it. the other fighter, got caught, and he deserved to get knocked out because he overran over he was overconfident. Now I think he understands what has to come on and he will do his best against John Medesi. I think Jamie Malarkey is gonna win via knockout, and if that is the case, I should actually pull up the other website. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up the other website that shows the odds. Here we go, UFC M M A. We're going to skip these three and that <coughs> one, two. Yep, Jamie Mularkey is currently at minus 265. There's no fight lines yet because it's too early in the week. I would take him for knockout. Moving on. Um, the other big one on the prelims that you want to look out for. Um, I'm going to bring him up. Jack Jenkins versus uh, Chepe Martin. Marsical. That's a great name. Uh, Mar- Marsical? Uh, Jack Jenkins just looks like a straight bogan. I'm very excited to see this guy. Look at him. He looks straight on. He off, really. looks like
0: if Theo Vaughn had a mustache.
1: Yeah, a little bit. But he's currently 12-2 and two in the featherweight division. Of nine fight win streak. Holy shit. Five wins by knockout, three by sub. Um, has some good takedowns, too. Good for him. Good striking, good everything. Yeah, no, maybe this will be a good one for him. Uh, I'm going to take him for knockout as well. Uh, let me just look at Chepe Marskall. He is currently... Oh, he's the guy that just... Oh, yeah, he's going to get his ass kicked. So the reason why I say it that fast, he recently won a decision fight against Trevor Peak. Trevor Peak, if you remember me bringing him up before, throws a lot of hammer fist. It was not a pretty fight. It was not clean looking. I think if Jack can keep it clean, he will win by knockout. Moving on to the last prelim fight, because I didn't uh, just realize when I was scrolling I did it wrong. Carl's Olberg versus Da Woon Jung. I got it on Carlos. Carlos is probably going to be one of the up-and-rising light heavyweights that we will see. And the reason why, he also does train with Israel Adesanya as well and that camp. So he is getting trained by one of the best. He is currently 9-1. He is coming on a... What is it? I think it's just a... Three, let's see. Three, two. He, he is minus uh, two seventy-eight odds. I know. Four. He's on a four-fight win streak. Six wins by knockout. One, one win by submission, and five first-round submissions. Um, Daewung Jung is currently coming off a loss. He's fifteen and four with one no contest. Flying out of South Korea. Uh, I can't get his record because this he's, website sucks. He's fifteen and four. I got that. Not. Um, 11 wins by knockout, 2 by sub, six first round finishes. This is going to end in the first round. Carlos Olberg by knockout in the first round. That's what I'm going with. All right. That's what I like to hear. All right. And now we get to the big one. The main – I hate this website so much. <laughs> it just – like I have one thing up and then it scrolls me down.
0: The interface is not too too great. Mm-hmm.
1: It isn't. Um, we're going to move through this one pretty quickly because I only want to focus on three of the main card events. Um, heavyweights. We're gonna skip, unfortunately, Tyson Pedro versus Anton college I will say, though, let's go Tyson, just because he's, you know, Australian. But Justin Toffa versus Austin Lane. This is a rematch, actually. This fight was supposed to take place, I think, two, three fight cards ago, maybe four. It was a little bit ago, and unfortunately, Austin Lane did an accidental eye poke back in June twenty-fourth, uh, twenty twenty-three. And They stopped the fight and it was considered a no contest. So they just decided to reschedule the fight and they will be fighting again this weekend. I still think Justin is going to be coming back with a vengeance and knock him out probably in the first round as well. If you want to do a crazy parlay so far, you got a couple knockouts going. But this one, this whole card, I think is going to be knockouts left and right.
0: No submissions.
1: Uh, Not yet. No. All right. Um,. I'm going to go right on to the co-main. Um, just because this one is my probably my favorite fight. Just because I love this fighter ever since I saw him come up into the UFC and knock the ever-living shit out of Greg Hardy. We have at the co-main event, Tai Tuivasa versus Alexander Volkov, ranked 6th versus ranked seven in the heavyweight division. This is going to be a good fight, I hope. Uh, Ty seems like he's actually taking his training very well. He did his training back in Australia with his family instead of being in Dubai like he normally does. I think being home for this will help him out. He does look like he's actually in a lot better shape. Yes, he's still flabby, but we love those big boys like that in the heavyweight division. Um, He is considered the underdog in this situation, which is fair. Alexander Volkov is an incredible fighter. He is also incredibly fucking tall um he is i think like six foot some crazy ass shit hang on Damn. he is six foot seven that's right while ty is six foot two damn So big ass people in there uh alexander is currently 36 and 10 ty is 15 and five this is a tough match for ty i'm not saying that it's not going to be an easy win whatsoever this is kind of like him fighting cyril gone all over again where he is going to be fighting the more technical fighter. He's going to be outreached, outpoked, everything along those lines. But as we saw in that Cyril Gon fight, if he can get in close and get the power, he will knock somebody out. He flash KO'd Cyril Gan during their fight before, you know, he lost, and he's able to turn it around. I would take tie by knockout because the odds would probably be very good in there. I don't know if it'd be the first round, but I would say maybe the second or the third. The first round's always likely, but I don't I don't know. Um, Alexander Volkov can win by knockout, too. I am not disrespecting him whatsoever. In fact, these fighters actually like each other. They have nothing but respect. snap UF- No, no, we like this. During the UFC Embedded, which is the series that goes along during the week up, leading up to the pay-per-view card, they actually, in the first episode, Alexander was like, hey, after the fight, I want to have a beer with Ty, the next episode, Ty's like, "Yes, I will have a beer with you after the fight. There's no bad blood, there's no beef. It is just them being friends and gonna knock the fuck out of each other for money, and make and go for it. Make millions. Exactly. They ain't making. Millions. Uh, make the an, hundred. They have something. Yeah. And then lastly, we have the title weight. Oh, title weight. Title fight. <laughs> Once again, we have Israel Adesanya versus uh, Sean Strickland in the middleweight division. The champion versus ranked number five. This just doesn't look fair. It isn't. It absolutely isn't, and it is because of the UFC's blunder. They just they thought that whoever won against Driscus and Whitaker would fight on this card against Izzy. However, Whitaker lost, and Driscus got injured. He had his hand broken, so he needs to, you know, fix his hand and get his, everything situated. Dana is not happy about that, which sucks, Dana, but unfortunately when somebody's hurt, they're not going to want to fight. It is what it is. Um, so Sean Strickland on short notice—I think they had about five-ish weeks—started uh, training against Israel Adesanya. I'm gonna be real; I know Izzy's probably gonna win. I'm not gonna say he's not. Uh, Sean is taking this just for the—not as the, just for the paycheck—but he is enjoying every moment of it. He's going there. He went. He's in Sydney right now. He's having a blast. He's just enjoying his time. He's taking the moment. And people are loving that from him. They know he's an asshole. He talks like an asshole. He's rude. He's crash. He's racist. He's sexist. Whatever. He's a lot of things. But at the same time, we're also seeing another side of him, the way he treats his wife or girlfriend. And it's actually showing a softer side of him. Everyone's now learning of his background, of his horrible life up, life bringing with his father. People are rooting for Sean Strickland. Is it possible for him to win? Yes. It is mixed martial arts. Anything can happen. Sean actually has a fantastic uh, background in wrestling um, and could utilize that. However, his own pride may get in his way, and he may keep it standing, which, if that's the case, Izzy will absolutely mop the floor with him. With that being said, Izzy may rock knockout out in round two.
0: Um, Interesting stat. Izzy never won on a submission.
1: Nope. He will, Izzy is not a ground fighter like or no. a ground game he, person he'll whatsoever. he'll pick you apart. He will pick you apart. He's an excellent kickboxer. That's where he came from. And that's what he's going to do. The other thing that's going to be funny to see, Izzy uh, Izzy and Strickland have beef because of the whole Driscus thing that happened a couple weeks ago or a couple events ago, again, with Whitaker and Driscus. Um, Driscus, uh, whatever. Izzy, or Sean Strickland's been calling out Izzy saying that he's from China because, you know, he represented China when he was doing kickboxing. So now Izzy is now messing with him wearing red shorts and gold with the gold uh, champion (laughs) <laughs> on the line, so it looks like the China flag. Yeah. So, you know, there that's always going to be in there. So, once again, that is next weekend on Saturday. Or no, this weekend, Saturday, September 9th at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And that is all I have at the moment.
0: Would you look at that? Also, there was something, too, that came out. Nothing too big, but obviously ESPN um, made a deal with Pat McAfee. to. Oh,
1: no. Well, I, no. I just saw the first <laughs> line.
0: No, it's, so... ESPN, a little bit ago, made a deal with Pat McAfee just to air the show on their platform. And uh, what ESPN is planning on doing is um, airing the show on a delay so that they can manage the cursing. Bow. So if he does curse, at least they can like bleep it out and stuff. Um, so McAfee acknowledged that he would try to lessen the number of F-bombs uh, he would use in the show, but also didn't want to completely get rid of it. Um, so if you want to watch it uncensored, Go to YouTube if yes. you want to watch it on ESPN. Watch it on YouTube, ESPN. Don't watch it on ESPN. But um, his debut don't actually, win. his debut actually is tomorrow, uh, September seventh, um, okay. at noon. So that'll be. You um, can find that on YouTube.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Bill, guess what? What? Football's back.
1: It is. I'm excited.
0: Tomorrow. I, that again, is true. September it is 7th, football is back. So but, who do we have playing but, tomorrow? Well, hold on. I got a few things to get oh. to before we actually get to Give the game guess. because okay. for some reason we haven't even played a game yet and there's plenty of injuries and Woo! plenty of other stuff. But uh, before the game tomorrow, actually, Travis Kelsey, um, he hyperextended his knee. He is questionable to play this game. Um, he has the chance of actually doing that. Um, but, you know. Wait, he, who again? Travis Kelsey. Oh,
1: okay. It's not Jason. Not Jason, no, I'm okay now.
0: But Jason was actually—I don't know if it was um, like a Casey like call-in or something like that—but he was on uh, interview, just saying like how you know back in that, like throughout his career, he actually did um, hyperextend his knee as well. Ironically, not even practice or anything. It was just it was, there was this big ass log, and he thought they were doing like a bonfire, and he thought he could break it like you know just by by crushing it with his leg, yeah. and uh, hyperextended his knee. But he ended up playing, so he said as long as like the ligaments and everything is good which seems to be good he has a chance to play so that's why they haven't really ruled him out um another injury um concern that a lot of i know fantasy managers are looking at where uh cooper cup he's finally ruled out week one oh, no um but he might actually go in the ir with with a hamstring uh it's just something he endured during camp and he just hasn't been able to get over um but for you fantasy lovers out there, I would highly recommend if you have, if you have Van Jefferson, start him because he'll be wide receiver one on week one. Um, and then if you don't look up, uh, try to pick up Tutu Atwell, he's the uh, wide receiver two um, on that team. You have Ben Skoranek and other people. You have Tyler Higby, who is probably already drafted anyway. Um, but I think your main people that you, you would go for is Van Jefferson or uh, Tutu Atwell. Um, So I'm actually – I've had high hopes for Van Jefferson this year. Um, He was planning on, like, really stepping up big um, right next to Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford's had really great things for him uh, to say about him. So really uh, high expectations for him, and now he's going to have to, you know, start wide receiver one, but he's got a supporting cast with him.
1: I may have to move Rasheed Reich out um, of my lineup because he's on the bench.
0: Well, there you go. So you always always make sure you check your lineups before. Um, Very good tip that a lot of fantasy managers never, ever abide by is never, if you have a lineup set, never do those last-second tinkers or some stupid shit. Now, obviously, if if they're saying, like, he's going to sit or they're hurt, that's one thing. But if, like, you're torn between two people, normally the person that you were going to go with is the best choice anyway. So stop. It always backfires. Um, Another injury thing turned... But this time turned good. So Jackson Smith Njigba, uh, he was the Seahawks' uh, first-round pick this year. Um, he actually broke his hand in the preseason, got surgery on it, but now he's actually expected to play week one, which is a crazy turnaround. It was like two weeks. He broke his wrist. Um, the the actual structural damage was, was minimal. It was just really the bone. And then, um, yeah, I, I, did, I, I didn't expect him to come back week one, maybe week two. But... Curious to see he'll have his uh, NFL debut, um, so that'll be really fun to watch as well. Um, An uh, actual almost not breaking, but it was it was definitely uh dun dun. Funnily, it was it was pointed out that like the um, 49ers are over the cap um, with like a good amount, or they're they're paying a lot of people today and yeah. they haven't even gotten a deal done with Nick Bosa and everyone's like, wow, that sucks. But um, Nick Bosa actually reached a five-year, hundred million dollar extension with the 49ers excuse me, making him the NFL's highest-paid defensive uh, player. I think that is definitely warranted. He is one of the just greats of the game right now, just an elite um, defensive edge. Um, but couldn't do anything against the Birds, so that's 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 another story. Um, let's actually go on to, to Thursday's game, Bill. So yeah. we actually have this Thursday, we have the debut of the 2023 season. Yep. The Detroit Lions versus the Kansas City Chiefs. At now this 8:20 PM, at eight twenty p.m. Time. Now this actually got changed a little bit. The Lions, so Casey's minus four and a half. Is it? Um, yeah, I don't have the lineup yet. My friend, he actually got the uh, the Lions. So before the Travis Kelsey news, he literally got the Lions at plus six and a half. Oh,
1: that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. So now now the Lions are at plus four and a half. So that that's a that's sense. a huge bargain. Yeah. Um. ESPN has this game predicting at uh, KC, 66.2% chance of winning over Detroit, 33.5% uh, chance. Um, but I think this game's going to be a lot closer than most people think. The, Detroit... I
1: mean, the first game always is.
0: Yeah, but the Detroit Lions are... In most of the games last year,
1: they were they right fight. there. They
0: and they, they've the only gotten better this year, especially with Jameer Gibbs. Yep. Uh, Goss, you know, finally solidifying himself as a pretty good QB. on Ross St. Brown. Um, they got David Montgomery, who would be a power back. They're using their running backs, like uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram a while ago for the, uh, the Saints. Um, and everyone just loves fighting for that coach. So, And Kansas City Chiefs have only kind of gotten a little bit weaker. Um, yeah. Just because Travis Kelsey, who is the main target, he, is, is it, now gone. he might be gone. So that's going to be a huge thing. Yeah. Um, but that leaves the, the, the way for a few potential people to break out. And one of those people, which i definitely biased on, but I know that a lot of the internet is, is very high on him too, Sky Moore. He was a rookie last year, um, and apparently he's been getting a lot of first-team reps. He didn't play anything in the preseason um, because it was him – uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, the other wide receiver, um, they were pretty much were out preseason. They pretty much had their 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 uh, you know spots filled. Um, a lot of people are actually intrigued with uh, Rasheed Rice. He's going to have some work to do to get onto the field.
1: Yeah, he's starting on the bench roll. Yep. And that's why he's been removed, and now I have Tyler Boyd in from Cincinnati for my uh, other wide receiver.
0: So. I'm a big TD parlay guy. I'm a big big. Uh, yes, you are. Anytime, right? Any time, any any time score. I don't really like doing money lines, and stuff like that, because football is football, and there's so many random shit that goes on in this game. Um, but I'm looking at any time score, and I'm I'm kind of intrigued uh, by a few people. So I know a lot of people um, were really high on Sam Laporta. He was a um, he. Uh, rookie drafted by the Lions. They found uh, he's one of the generational talents uh, for tight end, um, and he's planning on getting a good amount of work because a lot of people. You have even if Kelsey does play, he's only minus one fifteen. Um, you got Jameer Gibbs at plus one thirty five. Like there's a lot of low stuff, yeah. um, there, which should be fun because it's going to be a high scoring game. The over under is fifty two, so sure. that, that tells you. But. I always look for the the good amount of um value that you would get if you put just like you know a 10 dollar $10 trade um but i kind of like Sam LaPorta at plus 255 for any time touchdown um i think that's probably the the best sleeper touchdown cuz everyone else like normally you would have like you know your top four or five people that mm-hmm. have like low odds and then the rest of them are in like the 200s and stuff like that but they really do expect a lot of people to to score out here and, um Honestly, for this kind of game, I agree with it. These aren't the teams that will run you in the ground. These are teams that are very pass happy and will definitely be very offensive motivated. So I'm definitely curious. What do you think, Bill? Who do you think wins?
1: Uh, I still think Kansas City's going to win, but I think it's going to be closer than you expect. I think the spread's going to cover at four and a half. I think it's going to be down by a field goal.
0: Yep, that's what. Uh, that's what our one friend who picked the six uh, lines plus six. Uh, I Six and a half to say. Yeah,
1: he's covered. He's going to get that.
0: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that a little bit.
1: I mean, if you want to uh, get crazy here, you could have Patrick Mahomes, Sam Laporta, and Rasheed Rice all score a touchdown for plus 8,000.
0: Say that one more time.
1: Patrick Mahomes, Sam Laporta, and Rasheed Rice all score a touchdown plus 8,000.
0: Hmm. I kind of like that.
1: Throw in And Isaiah. keep this in mind,
0: too. So if you ever pick a QB for any time touchdown scorer. They have to score. It's a, It They have to. either has to be rushing or receiving. Yeah. It's not passing. Yeah,
1: they have to be. They have to be with the ball in the end zone. I want
0: to say this because when I was a wee young lad. Oh yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't know that, and I was like Deshaun. It was Deshaun Watson before his scandal, so screw that guy now. Um, he it was like plus four hundred for Deshaun Watson two touchdowns, and I was just sitting there going crazy. He threw his second touchdown. I was like, yeah, let's go. And mm-hmm. <laughs> our, my friend Jimmy in our one league was like. Hey AJ, I don't think uh, those are passing touchdowns, but I think those had to be rushing or receiving. They do. And I've never felt more deflated in my life. Yep.
1: It even says it on the bet too. A touchdown scorer is the player in possession of the ball in the opposing end zone, not the player who throws the TD. Nope. So if you also just for fun, if you add Sky Moore to the any touchdown scorer, it's plus twenty thousand.
0: Plus twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Because my my brain no worky. Ten bucks.
1: I was giving you five. A five is still a lot. Ten bucks is two thousand and ten dollars.
0: But five bucks.
1: Five bucks, which we always say is our limit. Yep. One thousand five dollars.
0: That for Mahomes, Laporta. I don't see the Rasheed thing that Rasheed
1: Rice is the tough one. How
0: much? How high is Rasheed Rice?
1: Uh, he's high. He's plus five hundred.
0: Ah, uh, because
1: he's on the bench. They would he, need to have a he, lead in order to make him come out.
0: They would need to have a lead, or someone gets injured. I that. So I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't take the Rishi Rice, honestly. But if, if you're gonna take
0: anyone outside of him.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Honestly probably if if Travis Kelsey doesn't play, I would say Noah Gray. That's the next tight end up. And I mean, if he's gonna fill in for the the yeah. you know, Travis Kelsey role, he definitely won't be the elite Travis Kelsey, but he'll definitely get the job done. Um yeah. and <laughs> so as everyone's getting closer to week one of fantasy football, yeah. everyone's enjoying, you know, living their best life and everything because now they have their team. They're either really excited or really not. I have a question for all of our viewers out there because week one, unironically, Billy and I face off against each other. Yay! So <laughs> this is Billy's first year is uh his team name is Jake Elliott Fan Club. I'll actually take a a snapshot of this later and put it on our Twitter, but um we'll do the first we'll do the 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 top QB, running back, wide receiver. Yeah, whatever of both we can teams. Get on So we got uh Justin Herbert is on my team. Okay. Then I got Brees Hall, uh CD Lamb, and then on, on Billy's team, we got Josh Allen, uh Entian, and Justin Jefferson. So for the people that I, I'm curious, who who you think is going to win this? Because right now, it's it's a resounding me. <laughs> yeah, 53%. It's supposed to be 110 to 105, so... I'm going to be curious to see, like... Because last... Last year, and it screwed me for playoffs um, towards the end of it, I was severely um, projected to beat my, my one friend who... Um, his team wasn't... This is a dynasty league, so, like... If you don't have good young players or, or draft picks and stuff like that, your team it's pretty much gonna be your team for a few years. And he didn't necessarily have uh the great past few years. He's actually on the, the come up now and his team's looking pretty strong. But uh very first week my team completely underperformed and I lost to him and it literally made me not get in the playoffs because of that. So you never know. Especially week one, especially where people don't know game plans and shit like that. Um you want to make it interesting? Sure. You want to make a bet?
1: You have my interest.
0: I have your interest. Um, so this is not our normal $5 bet. This is just a good old $25 bet of whoever wins.
1: Sure. I don't care.
0: All right. Shake on it. Perfect.
1: It has been proven.
0: Um, I actually have another question for you, Bill, because I'm curious. Go um, for it. Just looking at, like, now that you're in fantasy football and you're kind of getting used to, like, the, uh, the idea of sleeper, like sleeper players, um, who do you think on the Eagles is going to be a sleeper uh, for, like, a great season? Cause Austin I, Scott. All right. Re- realistically.
1: Realistically, Dallas Goddard. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's a sleeper, but I'll consider it cause, since it's a threshold. Yeah. Because, obviously, you're going to have A.J. Brown. You're going to have Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You're going to have, you know, Devontae Smith. You already
1: just named, like, three people
0: ahead of him. Well, so I was pretty much, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But then I was thinking Kenny Gainwell.
1: Gainwell will be good.
0: I think he's going to have an extremely tremendous season that a lot of people – because all all the thoughts are on Penny, uh, Swift, and, you know, all the other additions. But everyone's kind of slowly forgetting about Gainwell, not really realizing that he's probably going to be the guy to be, like (laughs) going – especially after his uh, performance for the Super Bowl and stuff like that. That's
1: true. No, you're right. That should be good.
0: Yeah, so I'm...
1: And I will also be watching, like, a Hawk Blankenship and, and see how he does on his defense because he did very well when he came out of nowhere last year, and I want to see him continue who? to strive. Blankenship. Oh, really? Safety, yeah. Yeah,
0: so they actually... So for some reason, Sirianna doesn't want to give whoever the starting uh, safety is.
1: Probably because it's him.
0: Well, it's it probably is, but they were like, hey, do you want to give... Uh, want to let anyone know? Because, like, on the uh, depth chart, they did this with running back, too, where they just put all the running backs on one yeah, and just left it there. And they were like, hey, who's going to be a starting safety? He's like, I'm not, giving you, I'm not giving you that answer. Yes. But um, on, on the same like type, type of topic of depth chart uh, for the Falcons, like everyone knows that Cordell Patterson wasn't in the running back section. He was under J. I don't know a single position whose name is Jack of all trades, I guess. Everyone, I guess, was, everyone yeah. was calling him Joker. But I thought yeah. that was funny.
1: Wild card. Wild, Wild card, card, bitches.
0: Um, so that's kind of, I yeah, I mean, if we go back to um, Kansas City a little bit, I kind of really do like the uh, the Lions plus 4.5. I think that hits. I think that's a
1: good one to have.
0: And I also think the over hits as well. So Over
1: I'll, would be good, yeah.
0: Can you even parlay those two? Oh, you can. You can. Yeah, plus 264, that's not a bad... It's
1: a simple, nice bet. Yeah,
0: simple for, for but five... But you
1: know me, we go balls to
0: the wall. We go balls to the wall, but plus 264, I kind of like that. Nah, that's um, a good one, I like that. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to go balls to the wall, I'd probably add a uh, uh, Pacheco or uh, same... You know, we're going to add Pacheco.
1: It may not work. You may have uh, to the same game parlay. Yeah, I
0: hate, I hate how DraftKings does that. I know. You used to just let me add the parlay together and yeah, I was, you know... Dumb. Blissfully happy, but I'll just I'll go for just myself. Just like the UFC website, it pisses so, me off. Plus, uh, 4.5 lions, yep. 52 over Isaiah Pacheco. So that leaves us with plus 6.75. That's not bad. Yeah. So on a five dollar bet, you win 38 bucks. That ain't too bad at all. You bad at all. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got for us, and I think Bill does too. Shut the laptop. I we're definitely gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about next week, especially yeah. with you know week one and everything. We got week that, one, we have we all got the, Izzy.
1: yeah. We're gonna it's gonna be a lot busier next week. I'm excited, but I am too.
0: Um, don't forget uh, to reach out to us at uh, billandajmedia at gmail dot com. Um, also reach out on our Twitter uh, please <laughs> at ab sports media. Uh, once again, my name's AJ and I'm Bill. And thanks for listening. Now. Bye bye now. I'm leaving my handkerchief. Bye.
1: a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free confidential 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 53342 to get more information about problem gambling.